Hi, folks. Steve Urban here. Today's episode of the Rutterflex podcast is sponsored by Marketing 360. My good friend J.B. Kellogg and his team do such a fantastic job for us and so many other companies. Marketing 360 is the number one platform for small business, and it's everything you need to grow your business. If you need marketing support, I really encourage you to contact them at marketing360.com slash writerflex, and we'll add that link to the description of this episode for easy reference. On today's episode of the Writerflex podcast, supervisor communication tips. You know, I've been leading and managing people now for 30 plus years. I'm not good at everything, trust me. Uh, I'm not the perfect boss by any means, but communication, I'm pretty good at. <laughs> not good at everything, but communication, pretty good. Here are some things I've learned about communication with your direct reports. Now, you know, again, like most of the uh, podcast topics, you can Google this. There's thousands of books on the topic. And I'm sure there's more than 12 tips, a hell of a lot more than 12. But I wrote down what I think are probably my top 12 in no particular order, by the way. And I want to give those to you here today. So even if you're a veteran manager, maybe these will be some good reminders. If you're a brand new manager, first time you've ever uh, supervised a team, these will be some great tips for you to keep in mind. Number one. Repetition breeds knowledge. Repeat stuff over and over. Not just when it's new, but on occasion, whenever you need to, right? I have learned over the years that, you know, the more you repeat things, the better off people are going to be <laughs> and the better they're going to execute. You know, if management was as easy as just telling everybody to do something one time and they did it, well, quite frankly, we wouldn't need managers, right? Corporate offices would just send down memos and everybody would just do it. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way. So repetition breeds knowledge. Repeat over and over what you're asking them to do, especially when it's new. And then when it's old, bring it up every once in a while. So repetition breeds knowledge is a term that I uh, kind of kept in the back of my head all the time and still do to this day. Number two, don't assume they know. <laughs> I'll use my wife as an example. She's a manager for a retail chain. And she will often come home to me and she'll say, oh, gosh, I, you know, I can't believe Sally, blah, blah, blah. You know, by the way, I'm making the name Sally up. I can't believe Sally did this and did that. And I'll say, uh, well, did you talk to her about it? Well, no, I didn't, but she knows. She, she knows what she's supposed to do. She, she knows the rules. She knows the policy. <laughs> uh, no, she doesn't. <laughs> or if she did, she forgot. So just number two is don't assume they know, okay? I know you put it out in a memo, right? I know you trained them on it when they were hired, but just don't assume that they know. That's number two. Never assume. By the way, there's a classic line from a movie. It's called uh, Assumption is the Mother of All. Oh, never mind. All right, number three. I would encourage you to put the same topics on the various forms 
of your communication. What do I mean by that? Well, let's say you uh, want everybody to paint their offices green and you want them to use a certain type of green, right? Well, you should communicate that not only in your team meeting, but also cover it during your one-on-one -on -one touch base and probably put out an email on the topic as well. So number three is repeat things on various uh, forms of your communication. Don't think, well, I brought it up in the meeting so everybody got it. No, no. Bring it up in the meeting, then bring it up on the touch base, then maybe even send an email about it, right? So that was number three. Number four, I'm a big believer in what they call checking for understanding, right? I, I'll often communicate something to somebody or give them some directive and I'll ask them to repeat it back to me. Okay, Johnny, so, now, so tell me, I just want to make sure my communication was good. Why don't you repeat back to me what we're going to do? <laughs> so I check for understanding by making them repeat it back. Great tip. Number five, I try not to use email for the first wave of communication on something new, right? I try to do that verbally, either in a meeting or a touch base or something like that. The email is better used for documentation and follow up afterwards, I think. Okay, so I always try to push email to the back side of communication, not the front side. Okay, usually if it's in the front, it gets misinterpreted anyway, etc., or they don't read the email, so forth. In general, and by the way, that's a completely different top podcast. I think email is a great tool for documentation to hold people accountable, not a great tool for initial communication. Number six. Communicate from the bottom up. <laughs> if you have 15 people, most likely, let's say you got 15 people on your team, right? Or better yet, let's let's use the number. Um, I don't know. Let's 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 say you got let's say you got 10 people on your team. Probably three of those people are fantastic, and they get what you say every single time. Okay, the top three. Then you got three people that just screw it up every single time down at the bottom. Okay, that's six, that leaves four. Then there's four people in the middle that are just somewhere in the middle. Sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't. That's generally how teams are uh, made up when it comes to understanding communication. Two or three really great at the top, two or three that suck at the bottom, and then everybody else in the middle. I have found it safest to communicate from the bottom up. So whatever it is you're trying to tell everybody, speak to it as if you're talking to the people at the bottom <laughs> and then you'll ensure that everybody else is covered. Now that philosophy means you're going to get on the nerves of the people that are at the top sometimes, but that's okay. At least you're covering the entire group. All right. Next number seven, when you do need to make some new decisions or change some things, try if you can to bring the team in, early on, right? Make them feel part of the process, get their opinion, get their input, make them feel like they're part of the, the communication early so that you're not just dictating stuff all the time, right? Try to get the team's buy-in uh, anytime you're about to communicate something to the group. Here's a great tip, right? So let's say you're going to make them paint the office green and you already know that everybody hates that color. Well, not everybody. Let's say you know that several people hate that color on your team. So you know that 
this this new directive is not going to be you know well received at least not by everybody so it's really great to reach out to a couple of people early on and get their input try to get their buy in right before you bring it up in front of the group that way when you do bring it up in front of the group you have several people behind you that are already in line and helping you make the decision okay number 8 if you're a manager, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you have what I would call team meetings and one-on-one -on -one touch bases, right? Or everybody uses a different terminology and, and, and names for these things. But for this episode, we'll just call them weekly team meetings and weekly one-on-one -on -one touch bases. Yeah. By the way, I said weekly. <laughs> yeah weekly once a week you should be having at least a team group meeting call of some kind and once a week you should be reaching out and having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with all of your direct reports if you can't touch all of your direct reports once a week with a personal phone call then you have too many direct reports <laughs> and you need to get that changed right really important to have team meetings where you're talking about stuff and then the one-on-one -on -one where you're following up, right? Because there's going to be certain things that everybody gets on the team meeting. Then you're going to have the one-on-one -on touch, one -on -one touch base. You're going to repeat a lot of that stuff, but there's also going to be specific things for Mary. So please make sure weekly you have team meetings, touch bases. I've seen so many managers screw that up. They get away from it because they either take on too many direct reports or they get lazy and they stop doing it. Okay, number nine, never complain down, right? Try not to complain down. It, no matter what your boss is doing to you or what corporate is doing that's driving you nuts, you, you never want to drive that energy and that negative spirit and that complaining downward to people on your team, to the people that roll up to you. Try never to complain down, right? It's just not a good idea, okay? Because remember, those are the people that you're going to try to talk into doing all these things that you're irritated about. And if they know you're pissed off about it, they're less likely to execute properly. Number 10, try not to call people out in front of the group. Now, I know like all of these seem like common sense, right? But <laughs> how many times have you seen this uh, messed up by a supervisor? So I don't know what it is about some managers, but they, they, they think it's funny. I don't know. They think it's entertaining. It makes them feel bigger or whatever to like call an individual out about their specific performance in front of the group, like during a team meeting or in a conference room. Try not to do, try never to do that. Right. I mean, unless there is a really, really good reason to, bring it up because you want it to be an example for the team. I guess there are certain cases where that would apply, but for the most part, never do that. It's just very demoralizing and it does nothing but make your team hate you more than they already do. <laughs> Next, number 11. Because we supervise people, we are constantly following up to make sure they do the right thing. We're always making sure they're executing, right? So by nature, you're always catching stuff that they need to improve it that they're doing wrong. It's just because that, that's what you're looking for because you're trying to check execution, right? So you are by nature catching things they're doing wrong more often than you're focused on the things they're doing right. 
So number 11 is don't forget to point out the positive. Don't forget to point out the positive. You can, you can really almost never praise people too much, really. I mean, it's hard to do, right? It's hard to like give too much praise. Most of the time as supervisors, we spend more time pointing out what they do wrong than we do pointing out what they do well. And it's just a good reminder to ask yourself, when's the last time I complimented Mary on something, right? Number 12, last but not least, just remember in all of your communication, if you're irritated, if your energy's low, if you're pissed off, if you're not bought in, they will always follow your lead. Your team is going to follow your energy, your attitude all the time. It's so critical to check yourself in the mirror before you walk through the door. And there is your RiderFlex tip of the day. The RiderFlex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. Our show can be heard just about anywhere these days, but you can visit riderflex.com and click on the podcast page to hear all the previous episodes and learn more about the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Contact us at the email address info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes.